are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Wednesday, November 4th, 2021. I am your host, Tidane Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, it's D-A-N-E. G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you're interested. But today on Locked On Mariners, we're talking more about Yusei Kikuchi's decision to decline his player option and become a free agent and how that impacts the Mariners. And we'll get into the Instagram photo that sent Mariners Twitter into a frenzy last night. And we're also going to talk about Jerry DePoto's comments today on Mike Salk's show on 710 ESPN. No trivia today. I was planning on doing it, but there's just too much good potential news to go over. And it's going to be a really fun show today anyway. So if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Greatly appreciate it. So, Colby, let's start with Yusei Kikuchi here. Yesterday, while we were recording one of our shows, actually our Patreon show at patreon.com forward slash control the zone, shameless plug right there for that, the news came down that Kikuchi has decided to become a free agent after the Mariners declined their four-year team option on him, and he responded by declining his $13 million player option. He's now a free agent, and now all of a sudden the Mariners have $13 million to play with. So... What do the Mariners do with that money, and how surprised are you by Kikuchi hitting free agency instead of sticking with the Mariners, taking that $13 million, likely to be in a bullpen role? Where do you see that taking him in his career? Yeah, so it um, seems pretty clear from Yusei's standpoint that uh, he understood that he was not guaranteed a rotation spot, um, and in fact that he was highly unlikely the Mariners were highly unlikely to be in a scenario where they could even offer him one. Um, and it sounds like he really wants to start. So can he go out and get, you know, a one year, $10 million deal with a team who will give him a shot to start? Uh, he might be able to, uh, that's certainly a possibility. So it's kind of one of those, it's a, it's a long-term move here because if he accepts that one year offer, right. And he gets 13 million this year and he's just in the bullpen and he, he's good, but I mean, you know, it's, he's still a bullpen arm. Um, is he going to be able to go out the next winter and, and you know shop himself around as a starter and get paid? Or is he have a better shot of going out, taking a little bit less this year, try to show people that he is a starter, and then go out again in 2022 and maybe get a long-term contract? Um, so it's a little bit of a gamble here. He, he's going to make less money this year, I would think. Uh, than the $13 million. But if he pitches well and he finds the right team, then he's probably going to make more in 2022 and beyond than if he just accepted the player the player option and pitched out of the Mariners' bullpen. So uh, that that's from Yusei's perspective. You can see why it would make some sense. Um, because, I, I, I mean, he's gambling with, I would guess, 3 to $5 million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. because somebody's going to give him a shot. I, I could see Minnesota really yeah. liking him. I could see a team like Baltimore, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, even a team 
But well, I mean, I don't know if they'll spend money, but Oakland, uh, somebody somewhere on the West. Honestly, Coast. maybe even the Yankees. Yeah, I think the Yankees are aiming higher, but maybe. Um, you know, I mean, have you seen some of the pitchers that they've signed and acquired in the past? Yeah, they were all really good. So, um, eh. well, <laughs> I mean, there will be no Jamison Tyone slander on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's going to get an opportunity somewhere to start. Uh, there's just yeah. simply, there's not 150 starters better than him, um, in major yeah. league baseball. So, uh, he'll get that opportunity from the Mariners perspective. It's like you said, it's $13 million. It's roughly the equivalent of us putting on a pair of pants. We haven't found, we haven't worn in a while and finding 20 bucks in the pocket. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like extra money that you didn't expect to have and, and, what are they going to do with it? Well, I, I could take the, the, you know, the hacky joke and say that ownership will pocket it, but um, it's it's a way for you to maybe increase offers to other free agents. You you have thirteen, you kind of have this pool, and it's like, okay, well, I'll just take a million out of that pool and put it over here. I'll take a million out of this pool, put it over there, or it's, well, hey, let's let's go get a, a you know thirteen million dollar starter now instead of relying on, you know, wh- whoever the Instead of banking or it, could on- be, it, it could be the difference in between you getting a catcher and maybe a reliever on top of that. It could be a bunch mm-hmm. of different things. You can combine it together. It's just it gives you all the more freedom to go out. That probably gets you cumulative two, maybe three players that get added to your 26-man roster on the back end that are going to help you. Right, or possibly one, you know, one guy who's going to get 500 plate appearances Um, or one or two relievers who are, you know, good, but not great. Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of things you can do with $13 million. Um, Mm -hmm. or like you say, or it's, Hey, you know what? We have this $13 million are, you know, we're, we're in the, we're in the finals or whatever for, for Simeon. And it's like, look, do we want to use this $13 million to, to go get, you know, our catcher and a fourth outfielder? Sure. But we could just tack this thirteen million dollars on to our contract offer for Simeon and see if that's enough. Um, so it's like you know, if you're offering yeah. three, well, it gives or you four the flexibility that, if, yeah, like if you're at a twenty-seven million dollar AAV on Marcus Simeon, for example, and other teams are around in that range, you have the flexibility now to say, all right, let's do thirty if we have to. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's a lot of things you can do with that money. Uh, Jerry Depoto is nothing if not creative, so uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what he thinks he can do. But uh, yeah, it's it's certainly uh, not a bad thing. Uh, you you still have to kind of replace Kikuchi's role, though, so you kind of have to go get that that number six starter, for lack of a better term, even though you only plan on using five guys. So uh, you do mm-hmm. have to go find that, but. you should be able to do that for less than 13 million dollars ultimately they just couldn't trust him he had a bad second half and uh for most of his tenure in seattle he was he was generally bad you just need more stability you need to be able to rely on someone to give you a you know solid start and get you through five six innings every fifth day and uh kikuchi just didn't offer that at all um even when he was on it's just you you just never knew what kind of use kikuchi you were going to get and uh, and so it, it's it's obvious why they they moved on and 
you know, but wishing nothing but the best for for Yusei ultimately as he uh, moves on. Hope he finds a great fit and hopefully he gets things turned around and is able to finally have a uh, a consistently strong uh, full season. But uh, we'll see how that goes. We're going to talk about another player the uh, the Mariners might covet this offseason and uh, might even be visiting them right now. Who knows? But real quick, just going to remind you, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell all those out there who are Mariners fans that you know to come check us out. It's going to be a really fun offseason. And Mariners Twitter is already having a ton of fun with this offseason. As uh, Mark Canna, the A's outfielder slash first baseman who's hitting free agency now, Posted a photo on Instagram, which automatically posted to his Twitter account, which was geotagged at a restaurant in Seattle called Marmite. Now, as far as we're aware, Mark Hanna doesn't have any ties to anyone in Seattle. So it would seem that potentially the former A is visiting the Seattle Mariners. Obviously, he cannot sign with them until, uh, what, three, four days from now uh, when free agency starts. But. There's nothing in the rules that hold him back from visiting teams. So it's certainly possible. And uh, Mariners Twitter kind of went into a frenzy last night, especially after Colby. He replied to you. I believe Mark Hanna is a a Star Wars fan. So he may have liked my Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, gif. Um, But uh, yes, I am the only one that Mark Hanna replied to. And obviously that confirms that he is indeed being wined and dined by the Seattle Mariners at a Seattle restaurant I've never heard of. Um, the, the funny thing is, was the reaction of people on Twitter who either like freaked out, like in the positive manner or hated it. And I don't understand those people who hate it. Um, you know, you saw comments all the time, like, Oh, typical of course they would sign Canada and not Simeon. What's well, like, you can do both. They can sign both. Yeah. <laughs> you can sign more than one free agent. You guys, you understand that, right? And, you of course yeah, I do, saw a lot but, of tweets last yeah. night that were like, I wanted a better center field option. He's not gonna be your center fielder. <laughs> I mean it's like A, I mean, if he is, okay, like you wanted a better one, okay, that doesn't mean he's not an upgrade. But B, yeah, it's like <laughs> how do you know he's here for to be the center fielder for all you know? That's the fourth outfielder. You know, that's that's the left fielder, and he can play all three outfield spots. He's mm-hmm. fringe average in center, um, pretty good in the corners. Um, and like you said, he's also played some first base. I think he's even played some second base, but, I mean, don't worry, guys. He's not going to play second base for the Mariners. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was funny to see the reaction. Um, he's played third base, by the way, okay. not second. Okay. So, But it was mostly positive, right? Like, 
Yeah. I didn't see too yeah, many. Yeah, for the most part, it was it was exciting because, uh, you know, that's a legit MLB player. <laughs> like, that's a legit established MLB talent who was yeah, a two-and-a-half win player this year by Fangraph standards. He slashed 231, 358, 387. And in his last full season before that, which is 2019, we're not, you know, not counting 2020, even though he had a really good year in 2020 as well. Uh, but in 2019, he slashed 273, 396, 517 with a 146 WRC plus and was with and was worth four wins by Fangraph's mm-hmm. metrics. So, yeah, he walks a lot, doesn't strike out a ton. He is a dude. And uh, the, the fact it's, that the Mariners are are possibly in on a, on a guy like that is a very positive sign for this offseason. He's the only guy in the American League who got hit more than Ty France. Um, <laughs> That's true, so, too. So, yeah, and he's also a very good hitter at uh, T-Mobile Park. 27 times yeah. he was hit by a pitch this year. He was indeed. So, yes, he's also... Uh, had quite a bit of success at T-Mobile Park. Um, very familiar with the division. He is a West Coast guy. Mm. Uh, went to high school in the San Francisco area. Went to college at uh, the University of California, Berkeley. Uh, it's from the San Jose area. So He's friends with Marcus Simeon, by the way. <laughs> yes. Pretty good uh, college teammates. Yeah. Uh, for like a year or two. So... Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is all about getting Simeon here. So for those of you who said, I would prefer that they they sign Simeon, well, guess what? This helps. I mean, it would help if they if he was actually here to, to talk to the Mariners and if he actually signs, which we don't know. But uh, at yep. Safeco Field uh, slash T-Mobile, I'm assuming. Yep. Um, yep. It just says Safeco on baseball reference, but I'm assuming that also includes T-Mobile, same ballpark. Uh, he hit, yep. he is hit 250, 368, 472. Um, yeah, not, not a ton of over the fence power. He did hit 17 home runs, which is fine. Um, fun note. I mean, mm, he's, 20, 26 and nine in 2019 as well. Right. Um, he's, he actually stole 12 bases, uh, this last year and was only caught twice. Yeah. So not a burner, mm-hmm. but he can, he can snag a bag for you, which is something the Mariners could use. Uh, he's a, he's a good player and he's a good fit. Uh, 33 years old, probably only only going to get one or two years. Um, probably something like between eight to 12 million would be my guess. Um, mm-hmm. but he's a good player. He's exactly the type of player you need. Um, just because he's not the player you want doesn't mean that he's not the guy. He's not a guy who can help you. So, um, yeah. And speaking yeah. of the the money that you got from Kikuchi, that you know, in essence, could possibly pay for Marcana. So I would rather have Marcana than you say Kikuchi, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> if you just want to look at it from that perspective, um, yeah, he's a uh, he's a really good player, and uh, you know, one fifteen WRC plus this year, that helps. That would rank what third on the Mariners this year. So, yep. yeah, <laughs> that's uh, he, w- that's he a, was sixteen percent. 16% better offensively than Kyle Seeger. Mm-hmm. How do you replace Kyle Seeger? Well, you do it with Mark Cannon and you just got better offensively. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, obviously he's not a third baseman, so it's not the direct replacement, but replacement, you replace but, that yeah. in the lineup. It, it could be. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Canna, if, if Canna signed on, let's, I think Sunday's the first day he can sign. It might be Monday. Um, if he signed, which I, I don't expect him to uh, on Sunday or Monday, but if he did, he would be 
I mean, arguably the second best bat in your lineup. You can make a case that he's better than Mitch Haniger. Um, certainly a longer yeah. track record. I mean, same goes for Ty France. But he's probably safe. He is no worse than the third best hitter in your lineup. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a very, uh, very good addition to kick off the offseason and to mm-hmm. kind of make a statement. Because exactly. obviously, you know, here's here's the thing as well, is that usually the best addition of the offseason isn't the first one. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Frank Ocean said, the best song wasn't the single. And so with Mariners, don't expect them to uh, just pop off right away here and sign Marcus Simeon right out of the gate or whatever. And even if they don't, right, it's not the end of the world. If they get a good player, that's a very good sign. And that is a very good sign for things to come. It's still November. Right. And it's like you said, though, it was it was a good call, uh, a statement. Mark mm-hmm. Canna is not a, the type of player that you sign that the media goes, oh, wow, look at the Mariners. They're really going for it. But Mark Canna is mm-hmm. the type of player that other players look at and say, huh, that's a good addition. Mark Canna is a good player. Yep. Um, and if you back that up by going and signing, I don't know the the pitching version of Mark Canna, whoever that is, that's another that's another player that other other free agents look at and go, well, that's a good player too. And I know they have Mitch Haniger and they have J.P. Crawford and they have Ty France. Ty France. I, I've I've seen I've heard about the the prospects they have. They have Marco Gonzalez. They have Chris Flexen. Mm-hmm. Like that bullpen was nasty last year. So every every quality major leaguer you add is just another point in your in your pitch to the bigger free agents. So uh, don't be mad when the Mariners sign guys like Mark Canna. Be happy because A, your team got better, and B, your sales pitch to Chris Bryant or Marcus Simeon or whoever, Max Scherzer, just got a lot better. Um, so, yeah, keep that in mind when, when they go out and you see them attached to these guys who aren't exciting but are still valuable. Yeah, and again, like this is a two and a half win player we're talking about. It's a good signing if they make it. And of course the jury is still out on if he was even there to visit. He could have been just there to hang out with a friend or something, you know, that it's true. It could be numerous things. I often leave California to go up to Seattle in November. (laughs) All that great weather up in November, Seattle, like 75 degrees, never rains, never soggy. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he, I, I'm sure the Kraken are in town, right? Maybe he's just watching a Kraken game. Yeah, maybe he's a Kraken fan. No, oh, are they in town though? And, are they? And not and not a San Jose Shark fan. Yeah, no, they played they play the Sabers tonight at a oh, okay. Climate Pledge at the Pledge. So there we go. It's going to be awesome. When, when, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the CPA, the accountant. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the office. There you go. Call it the office. <laughs> the office. <laughs> um yeah i was not aware the kraken have three wins so that's that's fun yeah you know, six yep. losses they beat but, uh they beat montreal they beat minnesota and then they beat oh uh, that's Nashville. right that's right okay i yeah. forgot about yeah okay um yep. so yeah maybe he's in town to watch you know he traveled from california to watch kraken versus sabers but it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious when there somebody takes a picture of him in Seattle watching the game with a Kraken jersey, uh, Kraken sweater, <laughs> like on the glass with a Kraken sweater. Like, oh my god! Now Twitter will will erupt. <laughs> and he's there, like awesome. hanging out with like Marco Gonzalez or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? 
Yeah. So uh, there's Jerry we're officially right on next can of watch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but sure. the, the bad thing here before we hop on, on over to our next segment, there is one negative to signing Mark Hanna, and that oh, is God. we won't be able to escape the Canna puns, if you will. Dave Sims with the can of corn calls are going to be. Uh, oh boy, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna hear <laughs> can of corn for like 152 times this year if that happens. Oh boy. So uh, yeah, all right, we are going to talk more about the off season. And uh, Jerry Depoto went on the radio today and made uh, one pretty interesting comment. So we're going to talk about that and what it could potentially mean for the Mariners' approach to the off season in general. Because again, remember, even if they sign Mark Canada to start things off here, it still might do bigger and better things later on. So we'll see. But we'll get into that in just a moment. So Jerry Depoto joined Mike Salk on 710 ESPN earlier this morning and was asked about the free agent market. And in response to that, he said, quote, it's exciting. This is the first time we have really set our sights on finding those centerpiece players that can really drive a championship team. And hopefully we are able to bring one to Seattle, if not more, end quote. And the key thing there is centerpiece and also if not more than one so Colby, gotta ask you, man. First of all, what does the word centerpiece mean to you when you think about a centerpiece player? And two, you know, what do you think this says about the Mariners' approach in general to this offseason and Jerry Depoto's aggressiveness? Like it's cool that he said it, and uh obviously it's what fans want to hear. Uh, but I don't want to speculate who Jerry considers a centerpiece and who he doesn't. I mean, like Chris Bryant and Marcus Simeon and, and Carlos Correa are centerpieces. Does that mean that the Mariners are likely to sign any of them or that any of them actually make sense for the Mariners? No, not necessarily. So I don't, I don't know. Does, does Jerry consider Marcus Stroman a centerpiece? Because I wouldn't, but does Jerry, maybe who knows? So um, for me, a centerpiece is, is somebody that you build around. It's a, a player that you acquire and people around the league immediately take notice. Like, like Mark can if Mark Canna signs with the Mariners, there's going to be a fan and, and, you know, a Mets fan who completely forgets that that happened in, in six weeks. Right. They're going to go to spring training and they're gonna be like, Oh, Mark Canna's with the Mariners now. Huh? When that happened, a uh, centerpiece player is somebody you acquire and everybody knows like, the shot has been fired. And so Chris Bryant centerpiece, Marcus Simeon centerpiece, Mark Hanna role player. So <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, Marcus Simeon or sorry, Marcus Stroman. I did it again. Yeah, like there you go. Good player, but not really front of mind. So uh, yeah, centerpiece right. to me is, is just somebody that, you know, is you make the move, you announce the move and you're the talk of baseball for, at least you know a couple hours <laughs> you know so um yeah. yeah that that's the centerpiece for me so that would be well, simeon and we- or bryant's like i i honestly i don't consider even like trevor's story to be a centerpiece not anymore so sure, sure. that's kind of where i'm at there's only a, one or two centerpieces in this free agent class to me well, and we've known for a while now, and it's not really a secret. It's kind of the worst kept secret in, in the Mariners' fear, if you will, that their uh, their biggest target this offseason is Marcus Simeon. 
And uh, so I, I would assume when he's talking about a centerpiece player, he's talking about Simeon directly. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then, you know, you made a great point when we were off the air here and talking about this just kind of between ourselves that when he says, if not more, he might not be meaning all of those guys are going to be free agents. Maybe one of them is. But still Jerry DePoto, who loves to trade. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be opportunities out there to trade for a legit centerpiece type of player. I mean, you could even say Byron Buxton is that guy, even despite all of his health issues. When he's healthy, he is certainly a centerpiece guy. So, yeah, this ultimately just hearing him say that, though, is great because it, it reaffirms like, hey, we are very serious about how we want to build this team and we're going for it this offseason. Before we hop off here, Colby, anything else you want to add? Go do something, Jerry. <laughs> like you're, you're bored, small. huh? Yeah, it's been, it's been a couple days. <laughs> I mean, like I gave him yesterday. I was disappointed that he didn't make the first move of the off season. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that should be a rule. Nobody else can make a move until Jerry does. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're we're like what the off season's like thirty six hours in at this point. What are you waiting for, Jerry? Like. I'm I'm the baby bird. You have to feed me with the news. So uh, let's <laughs> let's figure this out. Uh, I, I do feel confident that he's basically got deals in place, um, trades in place, um, and it's just a matter of you know finishing touches or or physicals or or anything like that. So I do think a, a deal of some kind is coming relatively soon, but um, now is better than later. So let's let's get on that, Jerry. Yes, I am uh, calling for one Gerard Peter DePoto to uh, make something happen here. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll see soon. But uh, that's going to do it for our show. And thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E. G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week with Fan Fiction Friday. And as always, be sure to tweet us or email us your Mariners trade proposals. You can email us at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. And I know we got quite a few emails over the past few days with some trade ideas, so we'll be sure to get to those tomorrow. But in the meantime, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free and available on all platforms, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.